Coming to you from the M&M Exterior Studio in Nooksville, Virginia, this is Flushing It Out with Samantha Spittle, the introvert's extrovert. She talks to people so you don't have to. For now. I'm so excited, so excited for you coming today and coming on my podcast because you are a podcast host as well. Yes, it is um, a labor of love, I think, to do the the podcasting scene, Um, but such a fun way to kind of just share your thoughts and, and your message. Yeah, definitely. Well, why don't you introduce yourself, Alyssa? Absolutely. So I'm Alyssa Adams. I am a clinical psychologist turned intuitive business coach. Um, So right now I work with entrepreneurs who are coaches, therapists, holistic practitioners to help them um, really grow their practices, get their ideas out into the world um, and do things in a non-traditional way. I love that in a non-traditional way. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Well, as you know, we cross paths um, through networking. We're actually a speed networking event, which feels like speed dating because, you know, it's like (laughs) quick. And once you said you were um, a clinical psychologist, I was like, you can't see me if you're listening, but I'm like looking all like doughy eyed, like, oh goodness, oh, I'd love to talk to you more. So you have your podcast, The Uncommon Couch, right? Mm-hmm. And so I was like, oh, I would love to pick your brain because you've gone through the world of clinical psychology and now you're doing things, you know, building a business and helping other people. And so how did you go from kind of being in that clinical psychology world to where you are now? Yeah. So um, I will try to make this as concise as possible. Girl, <laughs> there's it's a, a lot podcast. Packed in. Yeah. Right. Don't worry. This isn't, this isn't a, this isn't a little video soundbite. This is a podcast. Buckle up, a, lot. Get a cup of coffee. <laughs> I know that sounds great, right? Just settle in. Um, yeah. yeah. So I, like I started in a really traditional way, right? Like I went through graduate school, got my doctorate in clinical psychology Um, I specialized in health psychology and neuropsychology. So that means I worked in a lot of hospitals, um, rehab hospitals. So working with people who had different health issues or neurological issues. Um, So I did kind of the traditional route for a while, actually, and found myself burning out really from just wrote down burnout question. (laughs) We're like on the same wavelength. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So I, I really was just, I was burning out. I was doing a lot of clinical work. I was really tired, um, just exhausted from that. I was working in a hospital that was really chaotic. Um, so that kind of just compounded things. Um, and so I ended up taking a job where I was the director of an integrative health outpatient clinic. And I thought like, oh, this is wonderful, right? Like I'm so passionate about integrative health and how that all can fit into your healthcare plan. And um, I felt really like driven by the mission of what we were doing. People were getting help and benefit and uh, we were really understaffed and it was, I was working constantly, (laughs) like Mm -hmm. just all weekend, every weekend, all night. Like I was just working constantly, um, just trying to keep the place afloat and burned out like even more. Oh <laughs> so, gosh. Yeah. Uh, I ended up getting mono actually at the, uh, during that job. Um, like in my 
early thirties, I guess I was, um, no one I knew had mono. So I don't even know kind of how that came about, but I was just so run down, so exhausted. So I actually ended up leaving that job and moving into more of a leadership administrative role in the, um, kind of like in the, uh, national office of the organization where I worked. Um, and I thought that would like, kind of let me hit pause for a moment. Yeah. Solve right, all like, the problems for now, you know. Yeah, exactly. Switch, like, switch to a different place. Switch to another place, like kind of take a step back from um, client-focused work. Uh, but it kind of brought with it like this other set of problems mm-hmm. right, where yep. I was like, I don't really like working on spreadsheets all day. Like I don't really like the kind of administrative tasks that go along with that kind of office job. Um, so. I missed the busyness of the hospital. I missed client-based work, but I knew that that also burned me out. And I didn't like my administrative office job with like a thousand spreadsheets and mm-hmm. releasing payments and doing all this like really in the weed stuff. Um, so then I was like, well, what the hell do I do now? Right? Like I was really <laughs> yes, just at this kind of career impasse. Um, So actually, that's how I started to get into coaching, because I was thinking about how do I do client work in a way that feels a little lighter, in a way that lets me kind of leverage all my years of experience and training, and um, how do I create something that's different, um, but fits for me. So I went back to school, and I trained to do coaching. Um, I became a certified coach and I started to build a coaching practice as I was working full-time. And so in the fair, well, you were in the admin side of that, right? I was in the admin side. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, um, that kind of helped me do some more like client-based work, like a work with people on things, (laughs) you know? Um, and as I was doing that, like, I, I thought like many of us do, if you're a good coach, you figure people will find you, right? Like it'll somehow just work hard, just do your thing. And if you build it, they will come. So you, right. all you have to do is just do your job and that's it. <laughs> yeah. So not the case, as I discovered. Um, so what happened was, right, like I started this coaching practice and I realized I needed to, if I really wanted to kind of double down and make this successful and have it potentially as a transition plan to move out of my full-time job, I needed to get really serious about like learning about marketing and sales and who I wanted to work with and what I wanted to do and just learning this whole new skill set. Um, yeah. And Interestingly, like I started to really love learning all of those things because it was really, to me, it was just, it was psychology, right? But just Mm -hmm. like applied in this new way. Um, Yes, that explains why I love all those same things. Like it's all together. Yeah, it's all like, uh, you know, understanding people and communicating Mm -hmm. and kind of clarifying your thoughts and your vision and ideas. And um, so I got really interested in that and then ended up kind of turning that into helping other coaches and therapists and wellness providers and um, people who are in the kind of service-based, often solo entrepreneurs to build their practices. Um, so my spin on that too was kind of like weaving in pieces of intuition and mindset and psychology into the business strategy piece. Um, yeah. So it's been really fun. That's awesome. I love your take on it too, because 
you know, being in the entrepreneurial world and have been for a long time, one of the questions, not questions, but concerns that I feel like when we talk a lot about is, I mean, this has been since my Mary Kay days, you know, and forever, it's that whole like salesy thing. And I say salesy on perfect, on purpose, you know, that it's kind of that. And Mm -hmm. it's funny because I feel like I was lucky to learn early on that sales doesn't have to be a bad word. Like everything is sales. You might not work in what you think of as a sales position, but it's like at the end of the day, it's all part of this sale. So it's finding, you know, the right fit for you and finding the right messaging. And so I think mm-hmm. that's why for me, your, your background with psychology is so helpful because it's kind of learning, helping work with people so that they can find that right fit. So I think that's really cool. Yeah. Thank so. you. I, I appreciate that. And like, I think I had this moment too, where I really, cause I knew nothing about sales, right? Like I mm-hmm. zero, um, <laughs> but like, I think that I immediately started to resonate with like people or, or mm-hmm. courses and, and trainings out there where people were doing it in this way that felt really helpful and like really approachable and like yeah. really natural. Um, so that was kind of a nice entryway into things. And then it occurred to me at one point that like when I was in that position of like directing this outpatient clinic for integrative health, right? Like we needed referrals to... Mm. Um, to kind of build and grow our clinic. So that meant that I had to go to all of these different departments and physicians and present and talk about the work we did and talk about people's success and, you know, encourage referrals, talk to them about how to refer and, and how we could partner together to help their clients. And I was like, I think that's sales. Like, I think that yeah, that's sales, like a bit of sales. Um, So it kind of came together for me in these different ways where, um, it felt like using some of that passion to really fuel getting people what they need yeah. and and want um, it was just super interesting to me. And that's always the best sales too, is that when you're fulfilling a need, like yeah. it's when I did Mary Kay, I almost quit when I took a professional selling class when I was still at college and I realized everything I'd learned about helping women was sales techniques. And I was like, no. I thought I was just helping them feel better about themselves and this and that. And yes, that all was true, but it's like, Mm -hmm. it's all part of a process and, you know, finding what they need. And of course you're not giving people things they don't need. I mean, there's definitely a negative side to sales, but sure. But of course there's not, there's also, that's the way kind of everything works and relationships just with people and all of that, you know, kind of how you approach a conversation. You know, I just did a podcast. We just recorded a of how to have difficult conversations. And it's, you know, we talked about, I feel or something, you know, instead of you do this, I feel it's like, that's really like selling your opinion in a conversation. Yeah. Yeah. So for sure. It kind of pops up in all these different ways. And um, I remember also thinking at one point where like so much of my background was in health and working with people to help improve their health and help them Mm -hmm. to engage in healthier behaviors and to help motivate them. And even like reflecting on some of the motivational interviewing and the different techniques and skills, I was like, I think some of that applies, right? Like it's- You were building, warming the market. (laughs) Yeah, like it's, you know, uh, it's a different framework, of course, and it's a different endpoint, but the conversation and the way that I like showed up in the conversation in this like motivating place um, felt a little similar to me. So it's just interesting overlap. 
And the thing is nowadays, it's like the authenticity and that, that even that word kind of is starting to get like, oh, people are getting burned out by it. But that's the thing with, I feel like so much stuff I've seen is just putting more of you out there, like kind of what you're passionate about and leaning into that. And I love for, with you, like you said about leaning into the intuition with helping people with that and then doing things non-traditionally, which I like, that's why I like your journey of kind of going through the clinical psychology world and then admin and now, um, and then a business coach, but now a business coach to the people, you know, to that market to help them. Because when we first talked, what kind of hit that little ping for me was I have so many friends in the, you know, therapist coach, self heal, uh, you know, healer world. Mm -hmm. And the thing I've seen though, is the burnout, you know, my social worker friends from 18 years ago, you know, just kind of, that was when it started of, oh my gosh, this field is so heavy. You know, the people field basically Mm -hmm. is so heavy and you get so burned out. And so when there's ways to either help you not get burned out or ways to channel your energy, because it's almost like a, I think of it as like the relay race with passing the baton. Mm -hmm. Like you don't have to run the race the whole time by yourself. Maybe you're just meant to run it for a few years and then pass the baton to somebody else. So um, that all being said, I think that because we get into these positions and we think this is it, but as you've, your journey has shown us, it's okay to ebb and flow and change. I know you've said that like people get stuck in these boxes that they make for themselves, mm-hmm. but then, well, one, like, how do we make those boxes? Like, what do you mean? No, this was chosen for me. It just happened. You know, like, okay. So I want to like dig more into that. And then how do we start moving out of those boxes? Yeah. Yeah. Such great questions. I feel like we could talk about that for like three days straight. Let's right? do like, it. Let's do it. <laughs> there's so much to say. I mean, um, I think one of the things that I end up talking with clients a lot about is that our profession and it it can be kind of rigid. It can be a mm-hmm. little inflexible um, with love. I say that. Um, so it can kind of tell us that there's this list of things that you must do. There's these list of things that you must think. There's this list of things that you must be and embody. And um, and that's it, right? Like those are your choices. Um, there's this list of places you can work or what you can do. And that's all. Um, so I think you just kind of become, you just take that on, I think, without even realizing it. Um, and especially if, uh, like you're primed, I think as I was right to, I mean, I always have like a little bit of a rebellious side, but the other part of me is like, I like to have success. Like I like to do what I think is going to help me achieve the thing I want. So if you have people over the years who are your professors or supervisors or whomever telling you like, these are the things you do. And then you have this success at the end. You're like, okay, here's the path. These are the things, right? (laughs) You're doing it. It's like the carrot, you know, like, don't you want to get to this? This is the, this, you know, whether it's reaching this position or this, that equates success and you will be a good student or employee or whatever human. If you do these things. Exactly. Yep. If you show up in this way and you do these Mm -hmm. things and you get here, And then you're sort of like, well, maybe I don't want here. (laughs) Like, maybe that's not what I thought it might be. Or maybe it's great for other people, but not a fit for me. And I think there's a a place of having this 
like shocking honesty with yourself around, I don't think I want this thing that maybe I thought I wanted at one point or is right for other people, but maybe not me, right? Like we all have our different paths. So I think being really aware of when you've taken on an identity or rules or a way of being or something that just doesn't fit like a, like a coat that doesn't fit. Um, and, and letting yourself really be honest about that because that sets you up for all kinds of dissatisfaction, I think in your personal and your professional life. For sure. Shocking honesty. That's <laughs> powerful right there. Yeah, I think when we run from this shocking honesty is when all the other problems start compounding, that's the right word. Yeah, I do. I mean, I I think that's part of it, right? You're trying to like live out this identity that maybe isn't right for you or is no longer right for you. Like maybe that's a good point. Yeah. Like there was a period of time where I feel like I was really in it. Like I was feeling really passionate. I was doing work. I liked it. I learned a lot. And then you do move sometimes, right? You can move into a space where I think like it just doesn't fit anymore. Maybe it's no longer the path Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. being open to that changing. And that's scary. You know, even just the words shocking is like shock and awe. So I feel like, you know, if, if I were listening and which I am listening to you right now, (laughs) so I can speak from experience. um, But you know, this, I just feel like, and this is why I love sharing people's stories and things like that, because I feel like if you're sitting there like, oh crap, I'm doing something that is not fulfilling or I hate, or I mean, just simply said, I hate my life, like something that creeps up in a lot of people's minds sometimes. And you start peeling back the layers to think, to find the areas that you can be shockingly honest about of like, what's not fulfilling you. And, and like I said, I could, this is a combination of speaking from experience and speaking with others is If, and when you get to that point though, the very next thing is, but then what? Like I just sunk all this money into this career, you know, being, you know, something. And if I walk away, then what? And so I would love to hear some insight of how to help when you're at that place. Like, okay, Alyssa, I'm going to be shockingly honest with myself, (laughs) Mm -hmm. but then I'm going to have that, oh shit moment of now what? So what do we do with now what? Yeah, that's like the fun part, right? Like to think about, (laughs) you know, like what other possibilities are there, right? Like what, what could you create? Like, what do you actually Mm. want? Um, And letting yourself explore a little bit of that. I mean, I would argue that often people know if they let themselves know, like if they are okay with saying the words out loud, they kind of know. Um, I love that you said, let yourself explore. I'm sorry to interrupt, but no, no, go ahead, please. When you said that, let yourself explore. I was like, yes, that's it. It's turning the fear to excitement, which I was just telling some teenagers the other day is registers the same way in your body. I don't know where Mm -hmm. I heard that from, but we're just going to go with it. Mm -hmm. So I've always said like, I'm excited. I started doing that early on. Like I'm excited. Well, I might be a little fearful too, but I'm going to ride the excitement train. So I loved that shifting to the excitement and then let yourself explore. Mm -hmm. That's the freedom when you kind of are, when you reach that point of honesty. Yeah. Hmm. Like what are you drawn to? 
You know, what are the things that you feel like I'm naturally really good at this or I really enjoy it or it's something that I've always wanted to do or pick up or something Um, like in a way that feels, I don't know, like, like you're paying attention to the parts of yourself that you probably just ignored for a long Mm -hmm. time. Mm hmm. It's funny. I had, before I started the podcast, I had coffee with, um, she's been a guest on the podcast. She's like an intuitive business coach as well. And I remember we were talking and she was saying similar things. And I was like, but no, I've been doing this for, you know, 12 years Mm -hmm. and I committed to it. And if I don't do it, I wasn't saying all this out loud. I was like having a normal conversation, but the rigid words in my head were like, no, it's okay for other. I was the biggest person who said, like it was my Mary Kay days, like it's, it's okay if it's a reason, season, lifetime, like it could just teach you confidence. It could this like, and I love that for people. And I was like, that's okay for other people. But why for me, did I feel like I couldn't? And that alone was like, if I feel trapped versus, you know, being here, it was just so funny. Like she just, it was yeah. sitting across and you and I can see each other now, but it was like, just kind of looking at me like, are you making the connection? You see there, it was like, oh, so you mean it's okay for me to do something new instead of fighting, like just waiting for it to come back, just waiting for, you know? um, Yeah. I, I think what you're sharing is really powerful too, because it also like you're giving the example of what we see a lot of people do, which is like litigate and then relitigate with themselves around like why you should keep doing this thing. (laughs) So if you're doing that a lot to keep yourself engaged or going like, yeah, you know, maybe that's a thing we look at. (laughs) Maybe that's, maybe that's where we need to dig a little deeper to explore more. Yeah. Yeah. And what are the odds really like to think about, hey, if we have like, hopefully a long life, let's imagine so, right? Like, what are the odds that you pick a thing early on and you're like, no, that's the thing forever. There will be no changes, edits, revisions. Like really, what are the odds of that? I will pick up no new interests. I will be pulled in no new directions. Like, I almost feel like it's more normal or or Mm -hmm. not normal. I don't like that word, but like more expected that you're going to be pulled in these different directions sometimes. Yeah. You want to be. Well, because I started a podcast because it's like free therapy for me, I'll just throw out more of my stuff and we can (laughs) talk about it. Um, I had this realization recently because I always look back because I'm a story. I like storytelling. I like telling Mm -hmm. stories. I always like find these things that amuse me from my life. But then the more I tease them out, I'm like, oh crap, that's some, that's some stuff right there we could unpack. So one of my funny things, Mm -hmm. quirks was I found little diaries, journals from when I was a kid. I'm sure I've talked about this before on the podcast, but one, I would only have like one entry and then like three years later, one more entry. Mm -hmm. So I rarely wrote them, but one, I remember I was writing down in fifth grade, my crushes. And I, I said, you know, like, you know this is whose class I'm in. And I have a crush on, and I switched from pen to pencil to write their name. I didn't want to commit because if I ended up not liking them or they were a jerk or something, like I didn't want that in pen in my diary. So that was like my little, just silly, like, Oh, I have commitment issues. Ha ha ha. But then I really started unpacking that. And I'm like, you know what? It's like, just with my Mary Kay, like I loved it. And 
I didn't ha- like, and even when I quit, you know, it's not because I didn't love it. It's just, yeah. this was like, I'm finding more of my groove, but I realized I'm like, I, one reason for journaling, I know when you're like growing and all the stuff that you should journal, cause then you can look back and see how much you've grown. And I realized I was like, I don't want to look back and see how much I've grown. Cause that will show how much, how not good I was. And I just want to be good all the time. <laughs> so that's, I've been unpacking that for the last couple of years. Cause getting even started on the podcast, it was like, yeah. I know that you just need to start. Cause you'll get better. Yeah, definitely. But then that means I'm going to have stuff out in the world that is not great. Yeah. Spoiler alert. What if I just think none of it's great. It's all just what it is. It is what it is. Who to yeah. say it's good or bad. <laughs> Right. I mean, and we, we come up with these really harsh descriptions, right? That it's not good or something mm-hmm. about it is not right. When someone else who listens to it can be like, wow, this is really wonderful. Like this was so important to me. Yeah. Um, and we make it like mean these things about ourselves that it, it doesn't mean, you know, and I think <laughs> like maybe, uh, maybe this is not helpful, but I love I, it. I love anything. You, okay. Helpful. I love helpful. everything. I'll say it oh my gosh. I love everything. Cause if it doesn't help us, it might help someone. That's why I'm always willing. Like, someone. let's like stir this up and just see what happens. You know, <laughs> like I, I try to remind myself that, um, most people are not paying that much attention oh to gosh, so me true. or what I'm saying, true. right? Like true. <laughs> no one is going to be like yes. six weeks ago, you said this one thing and, um, like what it wasn't well thought out and now you're, you can't change. Like just no one is tracking that closely what we're doing besides ourselves. So there's freedom in that, I think, right. To get out there, to be imperfect, to just take the action. Oh, that's so good. That's so good. See, that's brilliant. I, that's one of my favorite. My mom told me that, I don't know if it was some saying she read somewhere, you know, but it was like, when you're in your teens, you think everyone's thinking about you. And then when you're like in your thirties or whatever, forties, you don't care what people think about you. And by your sixties, you realize no one was ever thinking about you in the first place. (laughs) And I think about that all the time. And we were just at, um, I was out with my friend's teenage daughter and with some other people. And I was making a joke about diarrhea. Like I was doing it to cause people needed to cut in line. And I was like, just tell them you had to run to the bathroom because of diarrhea. And they'll just let you by because no one wants to question you. And it was funny because she was so uncomfortable, understandably. So if I would have been 16, I would have been mortified. Yeah. But to me, it was just so funny. Cause I'm like, who gives a crap pun intended? No one's <laughs> like, no one cares. And if, and if anything, it's just another teen who's like, oh my gosh, that's so embarrassing. But like, yeah, no one cares, Yeah. but no it's so hard Remember that or remember that person that, yeah, it is yeah. hard. It or if they do, they don't know me. So like, okay, if anything, they've got a good story to be like, remember when that random person, but like, okay, it's not affecting my life at all. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but when your hormones and your brain is still developing, it's, I could, I would have been very embarrassed, I'm sure too. So like, I recognize that, but it was just that moment of like, oh my gosh, we're in that transition where you, you're embarrassed, but I'm like not caring. And then I'll get to that point in a few more years where it's like, oh, no one was even listening to us. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm thinking that people are actually listening and see, I even said, oh, they'll remember it. They'll, it'll be a story. And it's like, no, nope. As soon as they got on that, you know, got done with that line, they were on to something new. They didn't even care. Because everyone's kind of, 
you know, they've got their own things happening in their head and stuff going on. And yeah. That's so funny. I love that reminder. It's like, we just, we think people think so much more about us than they do. And I like that. Um, so I'm a verbal processor. That's why I always like share my stuff. Um, and then it allows me to think about it. And so the other thing you kind of mentioned that made me think is, oh, it's the whole non-judgmental thinking too. I'm glad you brought that up about we put these judgments on stuff. So like you said, like whether it's bad, like it doesn't, it's not bad. It's just your skills. It's like, yeah, your skills improve. So then you change things, but it doesn't, I'm the one putting the judgment on whether it's bad or good, but who's to say? Yeah. It's just the start, right? Like it's just the place you started. So yeah. like we do get into these just patterns with how we talk about things to ourselves or how we explain things to ourselves and um, just to notice it and, and shift it can really like break up some of that static mm. that comes. Noticing that's such a big thing. I feel like I've been saying, hearing, learning over the last two years is notice it. Don't judge it. Just notice a thought comes in, notice it. So I love, um, how we've kind of gone through, like you, you're in, you realize you're in this box. You realize you don't want to be in this box. So you start having the excitement about saying, okay, I'm not, you know, I'm going to be shockingly honest with myself. That's like realizing you don't want to be in that box you're in, let yourself start exploring. So now you come up with some ideas and let's say there's kind of some crazy ideas. Cause I have to say, like, I'm very lucky because of my entrepreneurial world combined with supportive friends, I've been able to share some crazy ideas. Like I'm going to start a podcast. No, I don't have a business. No, it's an off, not an offshoot in my business. The way other people start podcasts, mm-hmm. I'm going to do that first. Um, people that have, you know, supported, because I think when you're an outside the box thinker, it's easier to, to do that. So if someone's ready to do something a little outside of the box, non-traditional, you know, they've, they've started letting themselves explore. They've gotten there. What do you feel like is a great next step that they could take? Yeah. I mean, I think it kind of depends on what it is. Um, sometimes when people come to me, uh, especially mental health professionals or, or people who are looking to kind of branch into adjacent fields or kind of something related to that, usually the conversation kind of starts with like, I kind of want to do this other thing, right? Like, or I want to also do coaching, let's say, or I want to have a course, or I want to um, bring intuitive tools into my work. So something that's a little different, right? That they're not quite sure where to go to talk about it or to get support or um, just to have a thought partner around it and kind of explore Mm. that. So, um, you know, I think like, the first step feels like just exploring what it is that you want to do and kind of why you feel sort of pulled to do it. Um, And it doesn't have to always make sense, right? Some of us do things that don't make a lot of sense on paper and and are fine, right? Yeah. Um, So I think like considering that, I mean, usually we, my work with people is a lot around the how too, right? Like mm. how do we actually create this thing that you want? Mm. Um, so taking some of those action steps that get you clarity and then we m- moving into action around like, okay, let's do this thing you say you want. Let's do it. That's awesome. You work with, you know, the therapist coaches healers field. 
but almost just anyone that says, okay, I've got this area of expertise or this knowledge. I'm going to do something outside of the box, but now how do I actually start doing it? Yeah. Um, actually this week I have a, a, a course that's kind of launching actually that, um, is about creating your signature program. And Mm. we do that either through doing an online course, like a self-study course, um, or a group program, or some people opt to create a signature program and deliver it one-on-one with people. Um, But the idea of that is really to kind of take all your different pieces of expertise and training and um, experience and all of that those um, kind of pieces of wisdom that you've picked up over the years and really integrate them to create a signature system that's unique to them um, and helps them stand out. And part of what we do when we're doing that is that we're actually building it from the beginning with the idea of making it compelling and sellable Mm -hmm. to people. Because what I often see happening with my people that I work with, my coaches, my therapists, my wellness practitioners, like we love the process of stuff, right? We love the Mm -hmm. like mindfulness aspects or the meditation pieces or the like, we love the process of change. So they tend to just build stuff around that, which ends up being like an intellectual exercise because we haven't positioned it in a way that is really compelling and um, sellable to people. So that's part of what we do when we're, making it um, create the change that they want and also positioning it. So, so people buy it. Um, So that's part of how we work on that. It kind of reminded when you were talking, I was like, Oh yeah, it's like going back to sales, like selling people on the transformation they have when they work with you versus the things they're actually going to do with you, where we get excited a lot of times about the things we do. Like you said, the process versus after the process, if we knew all the little pieces, we might not want to do it all, but the end result yeah. is worth it. So, yeah, for sure. And, you know, I think, I think also knowing that the way I think about online courses, um, is that, and I've sold some myself, is that like they're iterative, right? Like you mm-hmm. start one, you get it out there, you get feedback, you tweak it. So, Um, I think being in that kind of experimental mindset is really helpful because I think Mm. we sometimes go into it and think like, I'll make this perfect thing, Mm -hmm. I'll package it out there and it will be a wild success, right? Which is amazing if that happens. Um, There are things we can do to kind of help make it more successful early on, but it's also a process, right? Like it's just, we have to iterate just like anything else. Yeah, and then for me personally, at least, I get stuck in analysis paralysis of like, oh, it needs to be perfect. What do what are all the things I have to do to make it perfect versus just doing it and then going from there? Mm-hmm. So to wrap up, so mm-hmm. you've been on this journey of going through the different professions and kind of finding how did you know? And this is kind of once again could be a big question, but to kind of wrap up all this stuff, mm-hmm. how did you know that you have settled in, you know? Mm-hmm to this place that feels right, like a good fit. I guess Mm -hmm. the easy answer could be it felt right. But if there's a way you can use your awesome brain to Mm -hmm. verbalize that for people, because I feel like that's one of those things that, um, and that was back, I was talking about having coffee with Jacqueline. She's like, 
your intuition, you know, I love how you said earlier, look, I'm answering my own question. You litigate it to death. Like when you yeah. just keep going over and over. So I guess some part what I'm, what I'm imagining with this question is, you know, I just feel like people naturally go through their own journeys of like, they know they're thinking they're peeling back the layers. Like, okay, now I've got this idea, but how do I know I really should run with this? How do I know? Yeah. I- well, I think those are like, slightly two slightly different things like I think um how do people know if they have an idea that's like good or feels Mm -hmm. right I think it's if it feels light to them and there's a lot of energy around it and they want to move towards it they're curious they have ideas it sounds fun and interesting um can be a good place to start and then taking action right it's really hard to know intellectually in our minds what something will be like before we do it so yeah I'm usually like trying to get people like, go see a client, do the thing, get out there um, to see if you like it. Right. Then you get a lot of information back from that um, and kind of feeling your way into it. Um, For me, I feel like one of the ways that I knew, and I still, I think there'll still be different iterations of kind of what I'm doing, you know, in some different ways, but um, is that I'm really excited to get on calls with clients. Like I'm excited to present to people that I'm excited to talk about these things. I think when you are, are like really having to do a lot of pushing and like motivating it, like not every day, of course. Right. Cause some days you're just tired yeah. and you got to kind of push a little bit. Right. I get that. Um, but when as a whole, you feel really like I'm settled into the thing. Like I like this. I want to know more about it. I want to talk mm-hmm. more about it. I like people who are in this space it just kind of fits. It just has like a good, yeah, like a fit feeling. That's great. Light, energetic, do the dang thing. Yeah. And has that great fit. That's so perfect. Well, Alyssa, thank you so much for sharing your journey and your wisdom of how to kind of break out of that box and do something non-traditional and kind of, I hate saying just be happy because it sounds so light, but like fulfilled. I think fulfilled is a good word looking for that fulfillment in life. So how can people get in touch with you? Yeah, I I so appreciate you having me here. So thank you so much. Um, People are welcome to get in touch on my website at uh, dralyssaadams.com or they can follow me on Instagram, also Dr. Alyssa, um, Alyssa Adams. So find me there, you know, connect. I'm always happy to talk with folks and and get to know people a little little better. Or they can listen to my podcast to The Uncommon Couch. That's anywhere you find podcasts. Thank you. This was great. And that's a wrap for now. Thanks for listening to Flushing It Out with Samantha Spittle. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to subscribe and rate us on iTunes. For all things flushing, visit our website at flushingitout.com. This has been a Spitfire production. That was the greatest thing I've ever heard.